What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 158. I remembered the episode this time. I couldn't remember. I knew it was 150-something last time, but it was really early in the morning when we were recording, and I could not remember it. Got it this time. Later in the day. My mind is with it. I uh, hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas uh, and, you know, is having a, a good holiday season leading up to the new year. Stay safe. Um, we have surprise all NFL today uh, because baseball is still, um, you know, running circles around themselves and there's nothing else really going on besides in the NFL. So we have, unfortunately, start the show, um, some sad news, Le- NFL legend, uh, video game icon, uh, coach John Madden passed away yesterday at the age of 85 unexpectedly. Um, I mean, I <laughs> I know you and I, Ben, grew up, well, we you grew up pretty much beating my ass at Madden. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, this guy is a legend in so many ways, Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, uh, only actually coached 10 seasons, but had a massive impact on the game, not only on in in on the field as a coach, but in the broadcast booth, where I personally knew him better because of, you know, our age group. Um, Some of, I mean, iconic sayings that are just ridiculous. But you know what? At the end of the day, he was always himself, and I think that that came through in his broadcasting and who he was. And um, very unfortunate, but hopefully he's at peace. And um, rest in peace, Coach Madden. Yeah, it's sad to see him go, obviously. A big part of the NFL and yeah. everything that surrounds it, really. Um, so it's 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 unfortunate that it happened. Um, he'll be missed, uh, and hopefully uh, his family can um, understand that uh, the whole community supports him mm-hmm. and, and and supports them and and with this with this passing. Yeah, and he needs to be, he needs to be on the cover of uh, Madden twenty three, hands down. Like he did need to do a special tribute, like Legends Edition, just for him. Um, I know it's kind of it might seem like a trivial thing. Uh, it's not really based on money, for my. I mean, it is for EA, but not for myself. But um, yeah, the man meant so much. He needs to be on it as much as possible, and I'm sure, I'm very sure that the NFL and everybody involved will make sure that happens. So. Moving on to the the playoff picture, uh, and after 16 weeks in the AFC, we know a whole lot of nothing besides, surprise, the Chiefs are the one seed, and they clinched the AFC West this past weekend. Uh, I, for one, was incredibly hard on the Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the season. They were not themselves. They were not adapting. They were not adjusting. They were not doing anything they needed to do to remain competitive because teams were figuring out their game plan, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, was taking way too many risks that were not paying off. Risks that had paid off in the past. Uh, the defense was statistically the worst in NFL history. Uh, and while the offense isn't the juggernaut they have been the last few years, they are very, very serviceable, more than serviceable. And the defense has looked incredibly good over the past, uh, what, now eight to ten games now. Uh, so whatever Kansas City did... Uh, to fix their woes, uh, hats off to them because they 
are right back where everybody thought they would be anyways, uh, even after all those struggles. So they did what great teams have to do. We'll see as they start coming up against some elite competition now with the playoffs coming around, what happens. That's not a knock, but where they struggled was against the Baltimores and the Buffaloes. And, um, you know, they have Cincinnati coming up this weekend, and that's going to be a test for that defense because uh, just ask Sean Harbaugh, uh, Joe Burrow is on fire right now. And, um, yeah, they're the only team in the AFC that's clinched a spot. Uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, New England, and Tennessee can all clinch a spot this weekend. Uh, a lot of those involve some form of one of those other teams losing or tying and that said team winning. So I doubt all five can clinch. I don't think there's a scenario where all that happens. Uh, but like Buffalo, you know, winning they're in. Uh, New England, I think, as long as they win and Indy loses, they're in. Um, and I think I think New England needs either Indy or Miami to lose, and they have to win. So New England plays Jacksonville. So New England beats Jacksonville. As long as the Indianapolis-Miami game doesn't tie, New England will be in. Tennessee, I think, is winning in. Uh, and Cincinnati has a... I think they have a couple of... Um, you know, this team has to lose your title. So, But I think at least two or three of those teams should be sorted out. Uh, who knows? Maybe all of them. But any thoughts on the AFC playoff picture? Well, it's interesting because the w- one aspect I looked at is uh, Indianapolis, how they are going to have to trot out um, Sam Ellinger instead of Carson Wentz, obviously, because Carson, uh, I guess he's a close contact or it hasn't been determined what happened with him, but uh, being that he's unvaccinated, he needs a, he's probably going to miss this weekend. It's interesting that in a pivotal moment in the season, he's going to be unavailable, which I understand that's it's a different scenario now uh, in, in, in this season uh, and last season for that matter. But um, it's just, it goes to point out the issue with Carson Wentz. It's just his availability in, in key points in the season, just it continues to show itself each and every year. And this is a pivotal moment for the Indianapolis Colts um, that they need their starting quarterback, however effective he is, um, in place and you know as as we know jonathan taylor's kind of toeing the rock <laughs> continuously yeah. each and every week yeah he, i will i will grant carson wentz's ability that has to hold the defense honest whereas you look at sam ellinger he, he does no history no no ability or proven ability to perform on the big stage in the passing game so that's just going to leave if I'm if I'm any opponents say you know you're going to have to beat us with your arm kid and we're not going to let Jonathan Taylor uh, get 100 plus yards and two touchdowns like he might get 100 but we're not going to keep him out of the end zone because you were you're not going to be able to throw the ball and that I think is is kind of the a big a big spotlight on on the AFC uh, pitcher just because that Indianapolis can can have a lot of things go different ways just by what what happens and it affects you know affects New England it affects Buffalo it affects Tennessee it, it, it just affects a lot of teams 
even if you're looking at someone like uh, Miami who's trying to come up on the back end in a wild card spot, you know, they falter if Indianapolis falters and and, and in Tennessee takes care of their business, you know, they could see themselves right out of a playoff spot. Yeah. If um if this is more than one week for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Um uh, although I, I, I did hear yesterday that they did uh supposedly Wentz is asymptomatic and they did reduce uh the mandatory uh I guess quarantine period or for for both vaccinated and vaccinated players uh who are asymptomatic to five days with a negative test so it is still possible Wentz could play this weekend uh and who would have thought we'd be talking about Carson Wentz mattering in week 17 <laughs> the way the season started cool. for Indy uh I I think right now Jonathan Taylor is as close to as important for for that team as Derrick Henry is to the Tennessee Titans as there is in the league. I think actually Jonathan Taylor might be more important uh, to his team than Derrick Henry is. Henry's a beast, and he'd be running away with the rushing title right now if he was playing. But we've seen that defense tighten up a little bit. Tannehill and A.J. Brown, and, and you know, not, not really Julio. He hasn't really contributed a whole lot this year. He's been injury, you know, had some injuries, unfortunately, for him. Uh, but... I think Taylor is the key that makes that whole thing work. And I know you said they can say, hey, we're going to make uh, Sam Ellinger beat us. Good luck with that. Because when <laughs> the the Colts did the same thing to the Patriots, or the Patriots did to the Bills the week before, and they knew they knew we're running Jonathan Taylor right in your face, and uh, Patriots had no answer for it. They just ran, He ran over them. Um, so I think personally it, it, it's not going to matter who's under center for the Colts. Uh, I, I believe, memory serves me correctly, I don't want to be off base here and say the wrong... Oh, no, they're not. Miami is not playing Indianapolis. Miami's playing Tennessee, excuse me. Indianapolis is playing the Raiders, so we'll see. Um, but I still, again, talking about a Raiders defense, that's been questionable at times. I don't think they can stop Jonathan Taylor regardless. I think you could have, you know... Uh, Who's the uh, Frank uh, Frank Reich? Is that the uh, yeah. Titans head coach? You could have him suit up and go under center, and I think Jonathan Taylor would still go for a buck twenty and one touchdown against the Raiders. So we'll see. You got a lot of teams that need to win, and you're going to see what a lot of teams are made of this weekend. And this is, you know, about the time that most people's fantasy league is all wrapped up. This is about the time it starts getting really exciting, and games matter more than anything. So, um, you know, every game counts, but. Now you know exactly what you're playing for. A uh, few few scenarios real quick in the AFC. Obviously the Bills, uh, excuse me, the Chiefs already clinched. The Bills leading the East. Uh, they can, uh, they win and either uh, Baltimore loses or the uh, Chargers and Raiders both lose. And they're in. Um, Cincinnati just has to win. And they're in. Uh, Indianapolis just has to win, and they're in. Uh, Kansas City's already in. They can no, oh, they can clinch the one seed if they win. The Tennessee loses. Uh, New England needs a win, and a Miami or a Vegas loss to be in. Uh, so 
there's a lot of possibilities there. Same with Tennessee winning in. So actually, you could legitimately see all five of those previous teams I mentioned clinch this weekend. Um, so I, I don't think with the nature of all the wild card possibilities that the everyone in the AFC would be wrapped up by this weekend because there's still a lot of teams clustered around that seven, eight, nine seed with the same record, a lot of tiebreakers. So someone's going to be going to week 18, which still feels weird to say. Um, NFC, a little bit of a different picture. The Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals, who are really, really slipping at the wrong time. And the Rams have all quenched a spot. Uh, San Fran and Philly. <laughs> Believe it or not, it seems to me like the Eagles have won three games this year, and, and they're in position to clinch a playoff spot this weekend. So good for them. Uh, they took a big chance trading Wentz and, and making Hurts the guy. And, you know, it hasn't been without its drawbacks, but, I mean, they're still they're in playoff contention. If they win and uh, Minnesota loses – and along with that, a Saints, uh, a Minnesota loss and a Saints loss, and they're in, and a Minnesota loss and a San Fran win, and the uh, Eagles are in. And then we have the Niners, who need a win and a New Orleans loss. So <laughs> it's pretty likely New Orleans is probably going to lose if you watch them play the last two weeks. So it looks like both of those teams can clinch. Um, That would, that would be it for them. Uh, that would be all six teams, or excuse me, all seven teams in the NFC, uh, and there would still be one, one wild card available in the AFC. Should all the previous five teams I mentioned clinch, so it's starting to come together. But there's a lot of things that can happen this weekend that can still leave it up in the air for Week 18. And, and I think uh, quarterbacks going to play a huge role in this because obviously. Jimmy G just went down, so now it's it's Trey Trey Lance and can he perform enough to help this team get into the playoffs? And can Kyler Murray stay on the field? Is Jay, is Jalen Hurts enough to get Philadelphia into the playoffs? These are gonna be questions that need to be answered. And then you look at the teams that kind of are established that they're gonna be in, and it's the Green Bay Packers, the Buccaneers. Cowboys and the Rams. And and I know you mentioned Arizona has clinched a spot. But we've seen all season long when Kyler's had some issue, issues uh, staying on the field. I, I think it's, it's notable to bring up. Um, but the other four teams, they have established starters that uh, at least this year have been on the field with the one issue with, with Aaron Rodgers early in the season. But other than that, They've pretty much all been on the field, and, and that kind of dictates how the, the playoff pitcher is going to uh, finalize at the end of the season. I just think it's the quarterback uh, position, as we know, is the most important, is, is going to determine whether or not San Fran or Philadelphia or if anybody else pops in there and, and, and tries to take a spot. And you mentioned the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, they're starting Ian Book, who's a rookie, because – you know, Taysom Hill is 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 out, and um, uh, Trevor Simeon's out. Obviously, Jameis Winston's been out for a while now. And I think with the with the Saints, you, you just have to look at it and, and say let's let's as bad as it's been with Ian Book, 
you kind of need to figure out if, if there's something there with the Ian book. And if there's not, then go into next season with a fresh slate. You know, I know they gave him the uh, extension to Hill, huge mistake in my opinion, and they'll have their opportunity to possibly move on from Jameis Winston. Uh, and maybe they could bring up Trevor Simeon if they want to or not, or they could try to clean slate the whole thing and, and go get their starting quarterback from another team. Cause I'm of the opinion that there's not really one in the first round this year. Yeah. Worth it to go get, you can get a second round, second round one or a third round one. That's fine. I just don't think there's one in the first round. You, you need that trap capital and, Maybe we look at uh, this offseason. There's a lot of ch- chatter going on already about, you know, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of chatter. You know, if, if you're a team, you might want to hold on to the draft picks you have and try to go all in and, and get yourself because Saints, you know, they get Michael Thomas back next year and they still have Alvin Kamara. They have pieces together. They can try to work it out and make it work and put themselves in a position. But that's that just that just tells me in the NFC right now the the lead teams are the ones who have established starting quarterbacks. Yeah. Even Arizona with Kyler's issues this year, he is established as the starter as one of probably the top ten quarterbacks in the league. And that's why they're all in their positions. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I want to actually, I didn't bring this up before, and I want to run back down our list real quick before we end today's episode of our, who we believe our Super Bowl contenders would be a few weeks ago. Real quick, you know, nothing crazy, but I know for me, uh, at least one team has changed. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll run that down before we're done. But um, let me ask you a question. Me. What do Norm Van Brocklin, Matt Schaub, and Warren Moon have in common? I have no idea. They are the only three men to throw for more passing yards in a game than Joe Burrow did this past weekend against the Ravens. Wow. Uh, Joe Burrow had uh, 525 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Moon and Schaub both had 527, and Norm Van Brocklin, back in 1951, had 554 wow. uh, against the New York Yanks, as they were known back then. I have no idea who they turned into. Probably the Jets, because, you know, I just, in my head, that's <laughs> just, I don't like the Yankees, I don't like the Jets, so yeah, they're, they're both, you know, one and the same. Um, only 24 times in NFL history has anybody thrown in regular season. Um over 500 passing yards in a single game. A couple guys have come extremely close, uh, including guys that have actually done it as well, uh, like Dak. Dak Prescott threw for 502. He also has a uh, another – oh, no, that's not him. Excuse me. Different player. Okay. So we have a couple in here, but Boomer Esiason, Jake Plummer, the great Jake Plummer. Uh, 490s, almost made it. Uh, but Burrow was absolutely on fire, uh, and this is after uh, <laughs> Ravens. Uh, I don't know what position coach he is. I have no idea. But uh, good old Wink Martindale uh, said you could not compare Joe Burrow to how they would uh, defend against an Aaron Rodgers or Devonte Adams because Burrow, uh, they're not ready to give him a jack at the can just yet. And Burrow went out there and proved that good old Wink. 
on top of finding a new nickname, should probably not light a fire under Burrow when he has that many weapons at his disposal. Because for the second time this year, the Bengals dismantled the Ravens. Um, so, and they did it when they had Lamar too, about a month, a month and a half ago. So it's not even that Lamar wasn't playing. Uh, strangely enough, the only person to ever do it three times is Ben Roethlisberger. So good for him. Uh, <laughs> apparently though, towards the end of the game, uh, they, you know, Joe Burrow was not over 500 yet. And, um, Oh God, Cincinnati's coach. I can't forget his name. Uh, I said he should be coach of the year too. And I can't remember his name. Um, drawing a blank here. Uh, as well let me reason. see. I have it right here. Taylor? Zach Taylor. Yes. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, Zach Taylor decided to pass, uh, instead of, of run down the clock against the Ravens when they were up by a lot. And, Good old John Harbaugh took issue with that. And I have defended John Harbaugh, uh, despite being a Patriots fan and having a competitive dislike for him as somebody who was always tough on my team. Uh, there's also a, a respect there as a fan for somebody else with a lot of talent at his, at his position. He's a talented coach. And a guy who, I said before, he'd be, in the, he'd be on the short list of guys I would want to replace Belichick if Belichick were to leave tomorrow. Uh, but he got a little butt hurt that they decided to throw to try to get, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Joe Burrow over 500 yards. And I do remember earlier in the season, uh, one Vic Fangio from Denver getting upset when John Harbaugh up in a game with the ability to just run the clock out, got upset because they wanted to get the Ravens like the most consecutive hundred yard rushing games for a team. And Harbaugh decided to run a little, you know, QB, QB sweep with Lamar Jackson and pick up the necessary yards to keep them in that 100-yard club uh, and, and go for the record. Uh, and Harbaugh didn't seem to have a problem with that. But another coach does it, and he has a problem with it. Now we're talking two of the last three, maybe two of the last four weeks, the guy's team has come back, mounted a massive late comeback, and only for him to go for two instead of taking the chance, tying the game with, with, by the way, it's not like Baltimore has an unreliable kicker. It's not like they're out there with a rookie or somebody who's missing extra points. They have one of the great kickers in NFL history, Justin Tucker. <laughs> and uh, you're going to go for two. You did it once, okay. Then you do it again against a team that's absolutely rolling in the Green Bay Packers. You miss it. And now you're getting butt hurt because your team gets dismantled by the Bengals. Like, is John Harbaugh starting to lose it a little bit? Because I've been defending this guy all year. And now he's being very inconsistent, which is something we do not care for on this show whatsoever. If you listen, you're a long-time listener, inconsistency is public enemy number one here. You can't do something and then get mad at another team for doing it to you. It's not the Bengals' job to stop throwing. It's the Ravens' job to stop them from throwing. I don't care what point in the game it is. Much like it's not the Ravens' job earlier in the year against Denver to not rush for 100 yards. It's the It was the Broncos' job to stop them from rushing for 100 yards. So, and Joe Burrow handled this all way better than a lot of people would 
handled it well, you know, kind of little joked about it a little bit, but didn't get too upset. Just used it on the field, which is exactly what you expect a team leader and franchise quarterback to do. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, I've defended Harbaugh more than a lot of people would have, especially more more than most Patriots fans would have. Uh, But he's off base on this one. I don't get it. I really don't. Uh, I think if it's if it's good for him, it's got to be good for everybody. Yeah, it's it's the inconsistency that that has me. It's it's him being a hypocrite. And and to highlight uh, something you mentioned, if if you're of the thought that well, the Bengals were putting their quarterback in a position to get injured, you know, take a nasty hit from a defensive end, a blitzing linebacker. Okay, well, Lamar was put in a position to get injured because they wanted to get that record. And, like, where – so so where is the ground to stand on when, you know, when the, the Ravens did it and it's not okay for the Bengals? It's – it's. It, I, I go back to when the Patriots were lighting up everybody in 07. Okay, and they're, everyone's talking about well, they're running up the score. They're running up the score. You know, it's it's not right. It's it's unsportsmanlike. You know what? You want to talk about in peewee running up the score? You want to talk about maybe in high school running up the score? It's like once you get out of high school, I'm sorry, there is no running up the score. Uh, Chris, why don't you? Uh, you can look up some uh, uh, games where an FCS team goes up against a Division One team. And and you can look at the scores there and see what happens there. Sixty-eight you, to three. Like and and the yeah. only reason why that it's not running up the score is that at some point you'll see uh, the entire second team come in, and then possibly some third team players, and that's the difference in college and pros is you have that ability to take an entire first team off the field and play, replace it with an entire second team. That's the only difference. That's why you don't hear about it a lot in, in college because you now have your second team going against maybe the first team of the opponent or probably the second team because they're going to pull their guys too. You can't do that in pros. you got to play who you got to play. And, and honestly, Chris, there's no better practice time than game time. So I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. And no, I, I, have a, I have a problem with the inconsistency of of Harbaugh, and, and he should be sitting there in his office today and and reflecting on what he just said and kind of being like, you know what, I screwed up. I shouldn't have said that because I said it earlier that in the season that it was okay, and we did it. So I thought it was okay, and clearly it's okay, but. We live in a world where once you say it, you can move on. So, you know, unlike, you know, unless there's people like us who are going to take what he said earlier and, and make sure it's front and center uh, and, and pairing it with something he just said that runs counter to that. And I don't, I'm not having it and neither are you, because as you pointed out, we are all about consistency. Yes, Absolutely. And as I've said, I'm a big, a big defender of Harbaugh. Even a fan of Harbaugh, I think he's a very good coach. Um, but he, he's off base on this one, and I understand his frustration. But you put your team 
twice. Man, I defended you the first time. I said, go for it. You have faith in your team. You, you, earlier in the season, you put the games on Lamar Jackson's hands, and Lamar Jackson came through. And there's far few better connections, or there's few far better connections, excuse me, in the league uh, overall than Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, which is what they tried hooking up with on that uh, two-pointer to the Steelers. That did not work. But they lost the first one when he went for two. I get going for it once, then doing it twice, especially against a team as good as Green Bay when you had them on their heels. Had a massive comeback against a fantastic team. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers' uh, attitude, but you cannot question his ability on the field or that of the Packers this year. They've been tremendous. Um, so Harbaugh's got a really – he's almost like they got him on tilt, honestly. Like he just doesn't know what to do. Uh, he doesn't have that dominant defense he once had. And look, a lot of it's because of injuries. I understand that. So I asked this next question not with a critical eye, like he, he should be in jeopardy, but is there any chance with the un- uncharacteristic comments, the uncharacteristic calls, the essential potentially giving away two wins, that it, it might not be a firing thing, but the Ravens and Harbaugh just kind of decide after the season to part ways. I mean, what you think, you think like sort of like what happened with uh, Jim Harbaugh and the 49ers? Sort of yeah. like we just, we just can't, we can't coexist. So we have to, I mean, it's, I don't think there's yet enough there to, to show us that they're, that they could go that route. Uh, I don't leave it. Uh, I don't leave it off the table, but I don't think there's enough evidence one to, to show that it's, it's viable. And two, and this is my greater point. Like there's only so many coaches that are actually good in this sport that when you have a good one, uh, you, you, you might want to just hold on to them and see which, see if you can work, work out. It could just be the pressure of, you know, he doesn't have his starting quarterback for a good portion of the season, and he's trying to squeeze out all the wins he can. Right. And I know you. I know you don't want to to mail in a season, but like it is admirable that they're in this position with the amount of running backs they have. Oh yeah, out. yeah. So they should have been one of the top teams in the division and top two, top three in the league. And they're not because they just don't have the running backs in the position to to open up the offense like they want to. And it's not their fault. You know, J.K. Dobbins was supposed to be that next elite running back that comes in and, and, and expands the offense so that way uh, Hollywood Brown can get open a little bit more so Mark Andrews isn't, you know, trying to – Win it, win it in the in the air attack on his own, and getting beaten down every every uh, every down, you know that and unfortunately that happened. And you can only try your best to get as many wins as you possibly can, and then reflect on uh, this past season and look forward to the next season if you don't make it to see what you can do. And there's not much you could do. You you can't have two elite running backs. We, we all know that. Just ask the Titans. It's just a matter of how can you make it work without your best running back. 
And unfortunately, they have been made, they've been able to make it work. They just they've been fighting through cavalcade of injuries. Um, and I think it's admirable. I just don't think there's enough there uh, right now. But something else could happen. Yeah, you never know. And just 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 to clarify real quick, I was not trying to suggest that his job is necessarily directly in jeopardy. I was kind of wondering if he was making these uncharacteristic decisions based on what this league has become, which is if you don't win for a couple of years, your job's in jeopardy. Maybe he was feeling pressure, whether it came from somewhere internally or he put it on himself uh, to win. And I don't think he goes anywhere personally. I agree. I don't, I think they'd be crazy to have a coach of his caliber and let him walk um, or to fire him. I don't think either will happen. It was just kind of, it was more or less just a discussion point because these are uncharacteristic decisions he's making. And, you know, that can be caused by, you know, stress, like I said, from within, or you put on yourself to, to win in, in circumstances that look, it'd be tough for any team, any team to be anything close to a seven win team. Like the Ravens are with the injuries they've had three guys that were going to have a starting running back all out injured. Offensive linemen, receivers, Lamar Jackson's been in and out. It's been crazy. So the fact that they're even in contention still at this point, I uh, should tell you all you need to know. It was just a fun discussion point. Um, I think he stays just fine, but he's kind of got to uh, let discretion be the better part of Valor here and, and just kind of back off making idiotic statements that make him look like a hypocrite. So that's just my opinion. Uh, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and, and I, I didn't have a lot of information on it, but it is pretty incredible. Uh, Cam Akers, who tore his ACL in July, in July of this year, could be on the field this Sunday. Now, more than likely not, probably in a week or two to get back into you know, the, the condition and, and review everything and I mean, hell, if you're if you're already in the playoffs, if you're the Rams and you don't really have legitimately, unless Green Bay falls flat on their face and Tampa Bay stops playing football, any real chance of you know making the number one seed, uh, you kind of be foolish. I think if you're the Rams, to start him before the playoffs, I think you start him in the playoffs as long as he's all medically cleared, which you would have to be to be in this position. I'm only bringing this up because that is absolutely incredible. You're talking July, August, September, October, November, December. Under six months, this man took a, 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 an injury that the only person I've ever seen recover relatively close to that fast or that fast is Adrian Peterson, who tore it, I believe, the last week 16 or 17 of one season. It was on the field to, to start week one the following year. But even that was longer than this. This is six months, under six months, for a torn ACL for a professional running back who has to make cuts and moves and run on that. That is borderline superhuman. That's insane. It, 
It is a miraculous uh, feat if he's actually able to step on the field this weekend. Um, I see here your 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 one question. Maybe you'll get to it, but I, I'm gonna. I think it's an interesting um, question uh, with Daryl Henderson going uh, going down, and, and obviously he did not stake his claim, as you said, yeah. uh, to the starting role. Um, Ken Cam Anchors. Uh, Will Cam Anchors lose the job when he returns? And I say this, Chris, I don't think they drafted Cam Anchors to be the every down running back. I don't. Uh, if you saw what he did at Florida State, um, obviously it's different because some college teams aren't as well stocked with top 200, top 300 prospects from high school, but. I saw a lot out of him, and I expected um, a lot of Wildcat. I expected a lot of read option with the quarterback play. Uh, I expected a lot of flexing out, um, actually running routes. Uh, I didn't see him running between the tackles in the pros. I, I saw a lot. Uh, I saw him as sort of a, a guy who could be on the field with Daryl Henderson or whoever the lead back would be not one be exclusive uh, as opposed to the other. I, that's what I saw him as sort of that third down, but right. Not pigeonholed the third down more like a, a super third down back where he can do a lot of stuff and he could be in a lot of different formations. And that's what I think Sean McVay saw when he came out of Florida state was just how he could utilize Cam Akers. Um, the problem was is they they had more issues with um, with Jared Goff in the offense at the time that they couldn't really install Cam Akers and his and utilize his talents because they're just they're just they couldn't figure it out and they figured it out this past offseason by getting Matthew Stafford, a real quarterback, and. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they, they utilize him and how they utilize him. Uh, the only thing that's going to prevent uh, Henderson from being the lead back is when his contract's up, he uh, asks for too much. And if they've not tagged enough money for him under their structure, that maybe Cam Akers' role will increase because I don't see – I think Cam Akers is in his third season – Maybe his – I'm pretty sure it's third season. This is his second year. He was a rookie oh, last year. his second year? Yeah. Wow. Um, so he's got a few more years. I think Henderson's – Henderson was the same year or – Henderson was the year before, I believe. I believe this before, is where, okay. so, next year will be his fourth, I believe. And I, I know uh, Henderson was not a first-round pick, so he will have his four years, and then he'll be a, a free agent. Um, that would be my only concern. Or, or they just go the route of – well, we want a, a younger running back to pair with Cam Akers going forward um, that has more of what they're looking for as as a uh, first down, second down running back. And that's, that's how I see it uh, as soon as he touches the field. And it may not be till the first round or second round of the uh, playoffs, or it might not be till the first first week of next year. Um, but I don't, I don't think either one of those uh, running backs will be the lead lead running back. And I think we're in a league that unless you identify yourself as a lead running back, uh, 
when you get that opportunity. Like you said, Daryl Henderson had the opportunity to take that job. Uh, Jonathan Taylor came in, coming out of Wisconsin was like a very talented running back. He had all the tools. The only reason, only thing that was holding him back was the passing, um, receiving out of the backfield, which again is not part of the West, uh, West Wisconsin's offense. He that first year, like it looked like, uh, is he really that good? And then he came on, and now he's one of the best in the league. And, and he had that opportunity, <laughs> and he didn't take it. Yeah, no, I real quick uh, because you know fantasy season in our league is is over, uh, and let's just say yours truly did not do well. Uh, I was of the four playoff teams. I am four. Uh, my co-host here unceremoniously uh, beat me in the consolation game this past week. So congratulations to that. Um, we had a repeat in the championship game with a different outcome than last year. So it's good to have parity. Uh, I still kick myself for releasing Cooper Cup for. Um, uh, uh, oh, God, what was his name? I don't remember the player now. It was one of Baltimore's running backs that were bringing in to replace, to replace Dobbins. And I was like, oh, this kid's going to be a starter. And then he, he uh, you know, played like four quarters. And they put him like, yeah. just like a non, non-injury uh, sit-out every week. Um, just real quick, because I, I want to get, I, I, I want to get, I want to finish up on this Acres center something real quick. But yeah. uh, next year, say there's no keepers. I can pretty much already guess who yours is going to be, <laughs> regardless. Um, I pretty much know mine too. I'm gonna go and probably take Javante Williams with the 11th round pick. Um, who's the first overall pick? Because I think the days of McCaffrey being a locker over, who's going? Ain't gonna be Saquon. Nope. It's not gonna be a quarterback. It, it, it's more than likely not gonna be a receiver uh, unless something drastically changes between now and next August with the mindset of fantasy football players. I I, I gotta think, man. I gotta, it's got to be Taylor. The the only thing that would probably unseat Taylor, because even Henry, it, it's going to be a fight between Henry and and Taylor. Even with the injury, I think I think Henry's got enough behind him that he'll still um, have that possible number one pick. I think with Taylor, it's going to factor into the quarterback who's there. Because uh, if for some reason they move on from Wentz, that could be a factor, whether it's an improvement or or um, a step back. It, it that could factor into what um, fantasy players play players look at and say, "Well, it's great that they have Jonathan Taylor, but I still think there's that X factor where if you don't have a good quarterback." it does hinder the ability of that running back to get hit the holes hit and, and get through them cleanly as possible. You're, you're going, if you're going, oh, you're going against nine, 10 in the box. I mean, that's going to be a problem running against. Um, but if all things remain the same, you might lean towards Jonathan Taylor just because Henry has the injury he's coming off of just because of that. Let's remember uh, who, let's see, AP, I don't think that affected his draft stock too much. Um, 
Saquon. I don't think it, it affected him. It, it just what happened the season after how he underperformed that affected him, but it didn't affect his draft stock because people still think that's Saquon Barkley or that's CMC. That's Alvin Kamara is like, I think, I think you could see depending on if, if Henry comes back full health and everything, and if all reports look like that, you could see one, two running back, one of those two, and then you just start seeing a run of other skill positions, quarterbacks, wide receivers, because it's just – it's. I get players need running backs, but there's just – you you have to – I think we've talked about this before. You have to maximize your, your top two to three picks. Yeah. And they need to be consistent. Not so much great. They just have to be consistent performers for you otherwise you're going to end up like like some of us who you know i i barely barely make the playoffs and then i barely beat you by i beat you by one point yeah <laughs> yeah thanks alvin kamara and that was luck because alvin kamara completely crapped well that's probably more of ian brooke just not the saints in general a, yeah yeah if they didn't have an inept quarterback you probably would have won Oh, if they didn't have enough quarterback, I think I might have been able to make it farther. But shoulda, woulda, coulda. Look forward to the next season. Yep. Uh, real, real quick, to wrap, we'll have more fantasy talk in the offseason, trust me, because yep. that, that, that'll be – there's going to be times, unfortunately, with baseball being non-existent and the NHL looking like they could have a a, 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 a stoppage in play. They already have. We'll see how long it actually stoppage. goes for. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. And the NBA is probably isn't going to get much more interesting, to tell you the truth. So – it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of NFL, so we're going to have some more fantasy talk uh, coming up this offseason. Probably a little more than usual, but it, it's uh, it's usually fun conversations, and it's something Ben and I know a lot about. Uh, our play of our teams on the field would not indicate that, but we do. Um, so, um, and hey, if worst, worst case scenario, you do the opposite of what we say, and if you win, then you can laugh at us. So there we go. There you go. Um, but real quick, just to close up on Acres and Henderson. Uh, I fully agree. I don't think they drafted Cam Akers to be a bell cow running back, even though he was a second-round pick. I, I just mean that, like, there were kind of debate going into the season. Yeah. Henderson, Akers, who would date the majority back, if for lack of a better term. And when Akers tore his ACL, obviously it was in Henderson's hands, but uh, injury issues, he had trouble staying on the field. Supremely talented. Gets yeah. fast as hell. Not a bad receiver out of the backfield. I mean, he's certainly not, you know, CMC in his prime, uh, which feels weird to say in his prime after two years ago he was a stud, but can't stay on the field, so whatever. Um, you know, but decent. And, you know, he just can't stay on the field. He didn't do any, He didn't do anything wrong. Being injured, no, not a crime. But he didn't do enough to have the team say, okay, you're going to be the majority back. You're going to be the guy who starts the game, who gets 65 to 70% of snaps. And I think that is still, if Cam Akers does come in at any point during the remainder of the season, whether it be regular season or postseason, and really, really shows something uh, that Henderson necessarily didn't, you could see him get the majority going into camp next year. Maybe, but have nothing to do with it. Maybe they'll just have them both next year anyways. And they'll go into camp and they'll let it play out. But I think 
Henderson missed on a really big opportunity to say, hey, I'm the guy here. Everyone else is after me, but we shall see. Okay, now, moving on to bank or tank for... No, wait, you know what? We're not going to do that just yet. Hold on. We are going to do our Super Bowl contenders again real quick. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to run down some teams that are not in contention. And this is this is the order of uh, the teams we're in when we did this. God, we did it, what, about six weeks ago? Eight weeks ago? It was a while back. Yeah, it was a while. Um, obviously, Lions, Jaguars, Texans, Jets, Seahawks, Giants, Bears... Football team, Eagles, Dolphins, Panthers, Saints, Vikings, Falcons. Those were all no's. I assume those are all still no's for you. Yep. Colts, we were both a yes. I assume that remains the same. It remains the same, yep. Browns, we were both a no. Steelers, we were both a no. There was only one team we disagreed on. I know, I'm just reading these off real quick. Okay. See if you changed on any of these. Uh, Browns, Steelers, both no. Correct. Uh, Niners and Chargers, both yes. Yeah. Raiders, Broncos, both no. Yep. Uh, Rams was the one we disagreed on. I said no at the time. They were going through a losing streak. You still believed in them. Yep. Uh, after seeing the last month or so, I can understand why. I, too, now believe, although I did put no and then slash yes to show that I was wrong to begin with because I want to be consistent. Chiefs, Cowboys, Bengals, yes. Bills, yes. Titans, at the time we said no, but I don't know about that anymore, man. Well, they fought through. They fought through, so. They fought through, and they might get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. I mean, if they get, if they get, if Derrick Henry comes back healthy and can beat Derrick Henry, this team is as dangerous as any team in the league. Can you, I, can, you still... ima- can you imagine a showdown between the Titans and the Colts? With a healthy Henry and a healthy Taylor. Yeah. First of all, that game would be an hour and 25 minutes. Because it would just be running the ball, running the clock down. Right. So it would be the quickest game in NFL history. Uh, but that, that would be something, man. That would be a lot of fun. Especially if it was in the snow. Just a crappy weather game. That'd be, that'd be fun. I'd still say no, though, on the Titans. I'm gonna I'm, I'm actually going to switch my answer to yes. I believe based on what I've seen. Um, I'm not a huge believer in Ryan Tannehill alone. But if he has a healthy... If, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on the assumption Derrick Henry comes back, and then we were both a yes for the Patriots, Bucks, Ravens, Packers, and Cardinals. I have to switch my Ravens to no because I have seen nothing out of them in the past yep. month. I agree indi- with you. Indicates to me that they can they can do this the way they they were kind of playing on borrowed time, anyways, and it, it's really kind of come crashing down around them the last month or so, but. Uh, yeah, and the Cardinals, uh, I mean, they, they haven't been playing great, but they still have all the talent there. They still have yeah. that defense. They still have Kyler, who's as good as anybody on any given day. So, yep. All right, so not much changed. We're going to review that again um, once the playoffs start, because if a team we said yes doesn't make the playoffs, then obviously that's not possible. So, yeah. Uh, Banker Tank now for yep. week 17. Uh, after. Uh, Going into week seventeen, I am fifty-two and forty-four. Ben is forty-six and forty-four, and Tammy is forty-two and forty-eight. So, Ben, uh, I'm going to go with uh, quarterback uh, for Bank, uh, Joe Burrow. 
Um, I'm going to go Damian Harris for running back. And for wide receiver, I am going to go A.J. Brown. I am going to go Josh Allen, Aaron Jones, and Jamar Chase. Okay. Uh, For Tank, I am going to go with... Now that's too easy. Um, I'm actually going to go Sam Darnold with Tank. Uh, they're actually starting him this week over Cam. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. What a mess. Uh, I'm going to go Aaron Jones uh, Ooh, okay. with, with the Green Bay Packers at running back. Okay. And then I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. All right. I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence, Alvin Kamara, and Keenan Allen. So we're, we're getting down there. Ben can still come back. I do have a six-win lead over him, but it's two weeks left. Uh, and then we're going to figure something out for the postseason as well, as usual. So a lot of fun stuff coming up with the postseason. Uh, but for this episode, I, I think we're good. Anything else, Ben? All set. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 158. If you have any questions for Ben or I on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. Or Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. Oh, there we go. The man's on fire today. Awesome. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, can you please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review? We really appreciate that. And tell a friend about the show. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.